Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Apostle Paul had the privilege of learning about the fact that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, what we just sang. May we be reminded of that as we hear his words that he shared in chapter 3 of the book of Romans, beginning with verse 20. You may follow along on your, in your worship uh, folders, the outline, if you'd like. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But now a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On that of observing the law? No, but on that of faith. For we maintain a man is justified by faith, apart from observing the law. So far, God's word. Getting right once again. It's happened to all of us. Something we say or do hurts a good friend or a spouse. What are we going to do about it? I mean, you you realize it, and no things aren't, aren't right between the two of you. You feel sorry. I mean, you feel really bad about it. I mean, you can't go back in time, you know, and then say the nice thing or do the kind act rather than the hurtful one. You can't hypnotize the person so that somehow they will forget it. You said you're sorry, but that, that doesn't seem to change things. What do you do? Well, when Pastor Cronenbush blows it with Mrs. Cronenbush, he goes into his routine of trying anything and everything. For example, candy, right? And uh, if it's a, a big hurt, a big candy. Or cards. You know, they got all kinds of neat cards, but if you add your own words there, you know, it just gives that, that personal touch. And then there's always a place for flowers, right? Flowers that remind you of her beauty and things like that. And if you're really, really, really desperate, you go for jewelry. And you end it all with a very nice evening out. Getting right once again. But what if that one that you hurt is your loving, caring God? Getting right once again. We've been worshiping under that overall theme designed by God. Today, salvation designed by God. First, we'll think about making it right on our own. 
I have to admit, more times than not, this works. Right? That, haven't you found that it works with a, you know, a friend at work or, or maybe your neighbor? You know, be real nice after you've been naughty. Right? Try to try to make up for it by doing a bunch of good things and try to get that relationship. If not really good, at least a better relationship going. Well, now if that works between me and you, at least sometimes. Why not try it with God? Unfortunately, it doesn't work because of our problem. We are part of the no one which Paul writes about. Therefore, no one, no one will be declared righteous, you know, right with God, things are okay, in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. You know, candy and cards and jewelry and flowers may work with human beings. It never works with God. No one, not even the nicest husband or wife or son or daughter, I guess some daughters, daughter, or grandma or grandpa, will win the award right with God on their own. For Paul writes, we all will be declared, no one will be declared righteous in his God's sight by the things that we are doing. So if you're wondering if this, inclu- this exclusion also includes you, Paul adds, we are a part of the all. Where he said, for all have sinned and far, fall short of the glory of God. What that means, we individually... And all of us and everybody in the world universally have fallen short of what God expects, what God demands to have a right relationship. We were born separated from God. And we have not been, nor will we ever be perfect on this earth, individually and universally. On our own, individually and universally, we would be headed for an eternity not with God in heaven, but with Satan in hell. All the world's candy and flowers and cards, good words, kind deeds, offerings of time or money to the church can do nothing to get us in the right relationship with God. But there's a part of you out there and a part of each one of us that says, hey, come on now, pastor. You said it works with your wife. I've tried it and it works with some other people. Maybe it'll work with God. I'm going to give it a whirl and see what happens. Well, dear friends, this kind of thinking, using human reason to try to get right with God, was going on in the Christian world at the time of the Reformation. Oh yes, people were still taught about Jesus Christ and him crucified. But they said, you must add to that something that you do. You, your good actions, your good works, your good deeds. In fact, the offerings that you bring to church, they taught, That will help you get closer to God 
And God will look down on you and be happy with you. You see, Paul's no one will be declared righteous by the law somehow got, got, got clouded or completely forgotten by so many. Truly, one of the greatest gifts of the Reformation was coming back to the true biblical truth of what getting it right with God again is all about. Man's design doesn't work. Let's look at making it right by God's design. Thankfully, Paul reminds his readers, including us, about God's plan that he revealed. But now a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. In the religious world that Paul lived in, sadly, the religions, including many in Judaism, were based on a person's good works. Even the worship in the temple had come to the point where people thought they did these things that God prescribed, bringing that lamb and having it sacrificed, doing all the other things to have these purification rites so that you make yourself right with God. The leaders of the Jews believed that and taught that and made money from that. And there was a special group of people, we know them as the Pharisees, that thought they not only could do all these things right, they said they did. They believed they kept all of God's laws, so let's make a few hundred other laws just to show how really good we are before God. And Paul was one of the chief Pharisees. Pharisees of Pharisees, he said. Oh, how Paul changed. And that road to Damascus, when Jesus Christ came and called him to trust in Jesus, not in himself. He came to know making it right by God's design. God's answer to our problem always was and is and will be Jesus. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. The righteousness which God demands has been supplied by Jesus. Jesus always listened to his mother Mary and his stepfather Joseph. He always did what they asked him to do it exactly the way and when. He followed the instructions of his teachers and the other leaders as he grew up. Jesus was born in a special way that he could be perfect. And he never did anything in his life that changed that. Oh, yes, he was human. He was human just like us because he had to be our substitute. But he was a perfect human. But according to God's plan of making it right, God chose him and treated him as if he had committed every sin of every person, individually and universally. The Bible tells us that this was a heavy price. That Jesus, after living this perfect life, shed his blood. Shed his blood for us. The punishment that was due. Therefore, on the cross, we hear Jesus' words when this is happening. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Jesus willingly was forsaken by God and endured the punishment of hell so that we would not have to. That's making it right by God's design. And it meant that the Father was punishing his very own Son for our sins. Paul wrote this way, But now a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This amazing, amazing way of getting right with God was revealed in Jesus. But this was not something new or the first time. See, Jesus was that offspring of Eve who would crush Satan's head. Jesus was that suffering servant of Isaiah 53 who was pierced for our transgressions. Jesus' words and sacrifice on the cross were foretold by King David in Psalm 22, and he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Satan could not stop God's design of salvation. So he, he desperately tries to stop each and every one of us from benefiting from it. So the devil comes up with lies. This great and humanly reasonable lie, of course, is that you need to do something to be saved. And sometimes you need to do an awful lot to get right with God. It's a lie. It's a lie. Equally devious and dangerous is the lie that Jesus, all this stuff that Jesus did, you know, his life lived perfectly and his sacrifice paid for all sins, but not yours. You're not included in that group. The all declared not guilty. Paul wants to clear that up. First part of the passage goes, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then Paul thankfully adds this as the verse continues. For all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. All have sinned means everyone, a, a universal or a general condition of everyone. And we, we would agree with that, right? I mean, just look at that world out there. Obviously sinful, sinful. Well, Paul says that that's true. This is equally true. All have been justified by the loving grace of God made possible by Christ's entire life of right living, his righteousness, by the shedding of his blood, so that he could pay that ransom price so that we could be redeemed. Paul uses this word justified, which is a, a courtroom term, where the party that's accused stands up and the judge says, on the basis of, of the evidence, not guilty, justified. The whole world has been justified, declared not guilty by God's grace, that special love he has, and by Jesus Christ's life and death. See, that's important for us, right? Because if all have been justified, you and I are part of all that fits us. But Satan isn't going to let that stand. He's going to come and say, ah, the all doesn't mean you. Look, look what you've done. I mean, you promised you wouldn't do this again. And there you did it. Or maybe he can get, get you to do one of those, 
those kinds of sins that in our mind are the big ones, right? And you'll say, how can God love you? How can you be a part of that all when you're so sinful? Don't listen to him. Don't, don't believe him. Don't fall for his traps. God means what he says. And if he says, all have been justified, he means that. And it's true. Right? Not one word has failed. How thankful we are that Paul's words and the, the promises that come from that have not failed either. This, this term justify or justification is really the heart and core of the Reformation and of our faith to this day. You can be absolutely sure your sins are forgiven. That you have the grace of God poured down upon you because of Jesus Christ's life and death. It's as if we all get this get-out-of-jail-free card, right? Get-out-of-hell-free card. And it has our name on it. And there's a card for every person that has and never will be born. That, that, that person you see on the street corner with the cardboard sign been justified. Every friend that you have, every family member, everyone you'll ever meet in any way, shape, or form has been declared by God not guilty. See, the, the sad and tragic part is Satan gets people to throw away their card, to think, ah, oh, that can't happen. Too easy. You gotta do something. Nothing in life is free. Not everyone that has been declared not guilty will receive the wonderful gifts that come with that because they reject Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. Well, how about us? How did we come to know that? Thankfully, Paul goes on to share how this great news of what Jesus earned for everyone becomes ours, each one by faith alone. Paul says, where then is boasting? is excluded. On what principle? On that of observing the law? Well, no. But on that of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith, by trusting in Jesus Christ, apart from observing the law. And you remember what Paul said earlier. He says this righteousness, is this right, being right from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Here Paul is using the word justify in a little bit different setting. Here he says they are justified, that means personally and individually. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, through baptism, through the gospel being shared, our hearts have been changed. We have, we have come to believe in this Jesus Christ and trust in that promise. So what Jesus did in his life and death means that our hope surely is built on his holiness and through Jesus' blood. You sang that. And it's true. Thanks to God. What a privilege it is to know that. We all have that benefit. 
through faith, then, it's like, like the, God has given us hands to receive the blessings he pours out, the blessings of the assurance of your forgiveness of sin, the power to live a new and a different life, more God-pleasing, and absolute confidence, heaven is yours. Each one of us have been dressed by God. We have this beautiful robe with a monogram JC on it, which, of course, is Jesus Christ. His robe of righteousness, his right acts have been given to us, and we all get to wear that individually and personally through trusting in Jesus' life and his death. The <coughs> Thus, the model of the Reformation was and still is today for us. Scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone. But, dear friends, faith is never alone. Now our good works, our kind deeds, our forgiving others, our offerings of time and money to the Lord are our ways of saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you've given me in Jesus. Thank you for making me part of your design for salvation and making it right with me. Thank you also for giving me and my congregation the opportunity and the privilege and the responsibility to tell others about salvation designed by God. Amen.